Welcome to the Rekha Narrative Podcast, where we advocate a better future through technology. I'm Rizwan Azali, your host for this episode. Our guest for this episode is Shahida Johai, a lecturer from UOW Malaysia. In this episode, we discuss the future of education, particularly in Malaysia. As classroom environment has changed drastically within just the last couple of years, it took a lot out of both educators and students to adapt to. The world now is heading towards a virtual space where more and more things are becoming online from classes, meetings, and other workspaces. But although our tech advancement is taking new leaps, Ida believes that the human touch is and will always be something that is required in the education sector. By end of the day, educating oneself and others will require a village to do so. Ida continues to share with us her experiences of the different educational environment she's been exposed to and how it shaped her worldviews and approach as an educator. Thank you for tuning into this episode and we hope you guys enjoy it. Ida here, your background Ida, um, just to start off a little bit, you are a major in um, literature, yeah? Mm, correct. You studied it and yes. you're also a lecturer. Correct. Okay, can you share a little bit about um, exactly like how you got into it or you know, um, day-to-day, mm. what does that mean to be a, a, <laughs> a literary major? Yeah, okay, so uh, my background is that I, academically, I have a currently a master in uh, literature and creative writing. Uh, so, and I'm also currently doing my PhD in UKM for postcolonial literature in English. Uh, but I am also teaching um, communication subjects at UOW Malaysia KDU. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's been in and out. So, when I first started, finding a job to teach as an educator in Malaysia, there were not a lot of opportunities for me to do literature um, as a career to teach. Um, okay. At least even if it were, there were it was kind of competitive in many ways. So I found the next best thing, which was communication. Some of the theories in communication were very much aligned to theories in literature as well. Um, just a little bit of changes in the kind of text that we're looking at so like in communication we're looking at movies or songs or posters and advertisement whereas in literature our texts were uh, books or poetry um, or articles and journals and etc so adapting the same kind of theories over to different kind of texts was something that i had to adapt but otherwise um, yeah, the, the foundation of it is, it's is the similar. Same yeah. For you. Okay, so what, what what does that mean then, right? You know, because I think to most people when they hear literature, it's like um, Shakespeare <laughs> and like you yeah. know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Romeo, Romeo, where art thou? And it's just something that nobody can really quite get into, right? But yeah. the, the way you just mentioned is that there's a lot of similar foundation with communication because everybody gets movies and songs, mm. you know. So how did you kind of you know? Um, either bridge the mm. two or is it more of do you think that you know end of the day it's just a different it's just a different um it's not medium the word I'm looking for it's just more of a different uh style yeah. of like communicating right um yeah I think inherently I feel like it is bridging too because you know some literary scholars will not agree that what they're doing is something that communication scholars are doing <laughs> or some communication <laughs> scholars will not say that you know what we're doing is the same as yeah. literature um for me having been in both worlds I guess if you can call it we call it interdisciplinary studies now um and for me when I first started wanting to read literature at university, the reason for it was mainly because I love reading um, and I love writing. And that was the initial part. My, my, my father was very supportive of it. 
Um, and it was only then, and I, I never really enjoyed learning, to be honest. I never really enjoyed education in any way. I wasn't well, a studious. I weren't at all. It was until I, all I wanted to do was I enjoyed reading and I wanted to read more. I wanted to write more and I wrote a lot. Um, so I read literature and I came to university to do that so that I could read more books. When I went to university, that was a time where I realized that, oh my gosh, education is so much fun. It suddenly makes so much sense of all the things that I was reading. Sure, suddenly okay. there was so much more clarity into why things were as they were. Um, and, you know, I was able to kind of, you know, I read things and I enjoyed it. But more than beyond that entertainment, beyond that escapism, there were so much concepts, there were so much different perspective and critical analysis into the world that was built in that literary work and okay, okay. and realizing or you know finding that different people come to it differently bringing their own background bringing their context um, is something that can only happen through education so i thought that that's when you know so i first started off like you know okay i really love literature and i, I all i want to do is read and then i became an educator because i realized that the core of understanding a lot of things is only can only be possible if you do it through education. Only through education. Only right, through education. Right, right, Learning right. that you get. I mean, you can read a book on your own. We can read like maybe five books on our own. Got it. And Got you know, it. you can get that read learning on you, but. Having the, the um, environment? correct, yeah, having the yeah. space, having right. the people, having the community to kind of like, you know, trade back into what you're learning, what you're reading, how, you know, you might think that your only opinion is the higher opinion, but then coming in from someone, someone coming in from a different background will say that, you know, oh, my point of view is completely different because I bring with myself onto the table my experiences, my right. contextual, my culture, my history. Oh, man, that is quite <laughs> fascinating that you've just kind of, um, because right now, right, well, how I think a lot of people imagine education is that you go to school, you meet a teacher, you get A's, you get B's, C's, or, or D's and stuff, or you get your degree. But now that you're saying that it's a whole kind of like environment and it's just, you know, um, there's yeah. a community, there's a yeah. lot more to it than just memorizing yeah. and, and all these things. I just kind of like, um, there's, there's, there's a few things I, I really want to touch on today, right, in this episode, but there's the... the First thing I kind of want to touch on is probably, you know, can, can you give a bit of, um, of a backdrop in terms of um, the differences between your different education set, setting and why do you think it was in the UK mm. that, that interest, it was in the UK, sorry, that you studied. Yeah, 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 I did, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You, you did um, your, your, your literature degree was that, but you also grew up here in, in Malaysia KL in PJ. Mm. So like, yeah, can you just give us a bit yeah. of a, yeah, the... So, um, unfortunately, growing up, um, I did not have supportive or encouraging um, learning life or teachers, for that matter, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah. So, no, teachers are not really, uh, um, none that give like, good impact? Yeah, I mean, if you were to ask me any other teachers at the top of my head, I just really couldn't name that. Um, so it's mainly your dad that you mentioned. Um, yeah, so, okay, so in school, because I, I wasn't very studious, looking back at it as a child, um, I don't remember going to school wanting to learn. I remember hating the book so much. I didn't want to study. I was not the most promising. I had not. I was not the brightest whatsoever. Um, you know, and I knew so many times people were telling me that education is important. 
right? Okay. Okay. Um, and it, that's been going in and out. I think even until today, there are so many people that are telling us that you know, important is, education is important. important yeah. But in what way is import, education important? No one actually really show us. Right. No one has right. actually right. kind of like, you know, related into how does whatever I'm learning will be able to help me as I become an adult or if sure. I become, sure. you know, if sure. I go into society, if I want to manage my relationship or find a path into my career, how does education play a role into it? No one, no one tells me that, you know, no one does that. And, you know, so I, I don't... your A's, be the doctor. Exactly, it, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were divided into... Um, science and art, you know. My father decided that arts was not any lesser than the science study. So he he was very encouraging to take me out so that I would be able to read to read literature, and that's what I did. And you know, coming in, as you mentioned, I was doing my studies in the UK. Um, when I came to class, I guess the way the learning came to me was different. And um, my lecturers were telling me that. Uh, they didn't tell me, oh, education is important. They were, they were telling me how to understand what was happening in front of me, in front of the text, how I was supposed to read certain things. And it makes so much sense suddenly to kind of realize that it's not a matter of me trying to memorize whatever I have for the sake of getting the essay done. So it was until now, actually, um, the learning that I did in university, I still carry it with my person until today. So that's the the lifelong, I guess, the lifelong skills that um, unfortunately were not part of um, this this almost sterile type of education um, that we have. Yeah, um, and for me, I don't think you know where you mentioned specifically was because I was in the UK, a timid girl, insecure girl, moving out of a comfort zone to mm -hmm. come to another place you inherently believe that there's no one going to push you, you've got to push yourself. There's no one going right. to pick up after you, so you've got to pick right. yourself up. I don't know whether it was exactly like, you know, so in school, um, I was desperately chasing after my lecturers or my teachers' um, validation. So as I mentioned, I wasn't the most bright. Um, and I, I remember looking back and I feel so much pity for my younger self because you know she That's was just yeah and you know because i was not good at sports i was not good in class so i was looking at you know finding their validation you get what i mean so and and growing up in the 90s no one told you that you know it's okay for you not to excel eventually you'll become a person anyway you know it's okay for you to find your niche in whatever way but we didn't have that i didn't have any adult i didn't have any teachers that tell me that it's okay you don't have to chase after me um so i i look back and i pity myself for having that kind of desperation to get that validation which more often than not i did not get I, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but then when I came to the UK, this was an environment that was completely different than what I had. Um, and interestingly, or ironically, I don't know, depending, um, I, I was the only international Asian student in my class for the, for the, for the four years that I was there. Oh, wow. In my okay. class. So they're all white, they're all European. Sure, um, sure. And yeah, because literature is not an Asian. Yeah, not, not, not at all, not at all. Yeah, specifically it was an English literature yeah. um, subject and creative writing then. So, yeah. um, but 
they honored my voice. So the mm. statements that I made, the opinions that I bring to the table at the time, um, for them, you know, I didn't have to work hard. I just have to say what I thought. And I was validated for that. My voice were heard then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so there is a shift then um, when I approach learning, um, you know, simply not having that validation. So then I felt like, you know, because of that. So I don't know whether it's really the UK, the system was so good or anything. It was just so much of the validation. Yeah. So supportive. Yeah, that support. Yeah, I mentioned community initially, yeah. right? So having that kind of support in order for you to, to feel like, okay, this is what I know now. And, you know, this is what I need to know. And someone else to kind of like guide or facilitate you, yeah. um, like a mentor is someone See, I didn't I, I have. I kind of like what you said right there, right? Like a mentor figure and all this and just kind of having a community and, and connection. Because I'm just thinking right now, especially with currently where education is heading right now, um, uh, there's a whole huge change in terms of landscape and right? mm. technology has played such a huge yeah. role in that. I remember um, back when you know I was in university or we were in the university about the same time I suppose mm-hmm. right? it was um, they were already talking about how technology mm. was disrupting and changing yeah. um, education we had your Khan academies where where students could learn um, the same mathematic formula and they watch it a hundred times yeah. until they get it but you know, it was only a few people who were picking it up. Yeah. Right now, the pandemic, I think, kind of forced yes. everyone to kind of go into like an online learning um, kind of setting. So, do you think that would have a negative impact in terms of exactly what you just described, right? When you're in an environment, you're in a space where the encouragement is there, yes. there's a validation yes. that's a bit more genuine versus you know online there's a validation yeah, case too yeah, right yeah but it's always more of like the likes yes, never, and it's never yes, enough yes, you know yes, people yes. could you could have a thousand likes and yet you're still like oh but that, that one person didn't give me that that like and you're still there as opposed to a classroom setting you see your lecturer mm-hmm. it's one-on-one it's direct as long as you know um yeah, yeah, it's mutual as well, and you're, yeah. So, well, what's your take on that? Like, yeah. Um, very interestingly, that you've asked me this question before the pandemic happened. Um, so right before we even thought that it was possible to even have a pandemic, right. that social distancing was going to happen, distance learning was going to happen. Um, my colleagues and I had a bit of an existential crisis. You know, we were told from left, right, up, down, whatever, that industrial revolution um, are here. Uh, the industrial revolution is here. The Web 3.0 is mm. coming. The future is here, and they were saying, AIs will take over yeah, the future, exactly, right? yeah. yeah. And they were saying that you know, what for we go to university because everyone can get everything at the tip of their fingers, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we worried that eventually our roles will become obsolete, you know. Okay. And we had this conversation that what will we do if this finally become the future? And this is what something that we've been telling ourselves so much, and then the pandemic happened. Okay. One thing that the pandemic did, as you mentioned, was to force that shift that was supposed to be in the near future to happen in the present. Yeah. And what we realized, not just me and my colleagues, but I think the whole world realized, is that we're not ready for AI or robots or technology to take over Everything. 100% yeah. into the education or the learning system. There were so much issues with student tapinge, people left behind. Digital disparity is still wide and huge. Because 
when that happened, everybody who said how amazing it was was mainly from a middle class background, <laughs> right? Yes. We were the ones who were yeah, enjoying exactly. the pandemic, <laughs> thinking like, oh, this is amazing. Exactly, exactly. But, but you're, you're absolutely right. There are people still not just in, like, um, everywhere around the world, like, you know, including in Malaysia, even in some places, like, um, even developed countries would still have a small community of people who have suffered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, they don't have that. that yeah, because the digital, because, uh, digital disparity, yeah. 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 And, and more than that, and beyond that, right? I think even middle class or upper class students that were also learning, um, they become demotivated. And there's been so many research that's been done to say that the level of motivation um, for people to want to study because they are in their room and looking at the screen um, is, is decreasing day by day. And the reason for it is, again, is because, yes, everyone can get knowledge at the tip of their fingers, um, but again, that community or that kind of human interaction, that in-person experience of learning, you still don't get it. So and as yeah. human being, we want that. We crave it or we need it. Mm. Um, and, you know, so as much as we believe that, you know, AI may one day be, make our world or make our life or make our work obsolete, I think in the education system, there's still still a lot more to be done in that sense. I'm not saying and I'm not rejecting technology in sure, any way sure, sure. Um, because again, the, w during the pandemic, we've got to adapt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, um, classes were running, Exactly, right? they and were running, still, yeah. It's still better yeah. than um, yeah. back in the last hundred years. Yeah, which would not have been possible yeah, at all. Everybody, exactly. Everything would have been in a standstill, right? Yeah, right. We, actually, the economy still yeah, right. ran way yeah. better and, and everything else, right? Yes, uh, yeah, yes. Because of technology, not exactly. everybody got it. Yeah. But a yes, significant yes. amount of people you're right you're people. right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it was not like much um oh two years of That's just right. stagnant of no yeah. no yeah. learning nothing at all um, yeah, I mean, you know, the well, quality very, yeah. of the learning would exactly, be different. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think that's that's legit, right? You know, in terms of uh, you know anything you learn, um, I've had experience myself where I've benefited from learning stuff online. Mm. But then, exactly what you said, just because you don't have uh, someone there just mm. to monitor, mm. it becomes very different. I mm. give you an example. Um, something as simple as I was learning yoga mm. for some time. Mm. I, I picked up very quick in the early stages mm. and then I didn't realize I was developing some really, really bad yeah. habits yes. that was doing more harm to my body yes. than it was doing good. Yes. And then once um, the benefits stopped and my body started, like, yes. you know, I was thinking, like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, like, what? But then when I started going for classes, it's not even personal classes, yes. like one on one, but just simple things. Suddenly, you hear, yo, your um, stomach needs to be yeah, this way, yeah. this has to be that way, make sure that is. And you're like, oh no, mm. you, you don't get that. Yeah, in, um, you don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. you don't realize it from, from an online at home. Yeah. And what, just, yeah. What you're saying is that, okay, so being a bit more technical, in sociology, um, you know, we believe that lifelong socialization is what eventually shapes our identity, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of our identity comes with being aware um, of ourselves. And we are not able to be aware of ourselves if we don't realize how we communicate with other people or how we see other people or how we interact with other people. If we've been used to being doing things on our own, moving mm -hmm. on our own, speaking to ourselves, you know, reading and whatnot, the only thing we know is what we know because we're one person, right. right? You don't have to have a mentor, you don't have to have a teacher for the matter, but if you have, again, a community or a friend or a group 
um, that can bounce off our ideas, you know, different concepts, then it'll make you be more aware of yourself, right? Just as you said, you'll probably be doing a downward dog and right. you're not stretching yeah, yeah. your feet properly, properly or your hands are not proper. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And then you, you, you don't have, normally we don't have a mirror yeah. to check ourselves. Exactly. So you'll be like, okay, kind of exactly. look okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And then if you get, say, like uh, your mom or your sister, exactly. everybody who yeah. doesn't know anything, they exactly. they're not going to tell. Yeah, yeah exactly. They don't know themselves. It's yeah. not like they would know exactly. what looks wrong, what mm. looks off, mm. right? But mm. when you go to a setting where people do it, they're like, exactly. that, that does not look right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, all right, Ida, let's just, uh, we're going to go on a quick break right now. Okay. And uh, then we'll just continue off from there. Okay. Okay, so you know, you were just we were just um, you know talking about just how important it is, right? You know, just to kind of have um, at least a space or um, you say maybe not necessarily a mentor, where one on one, where you spent with a Yoda mm. for two or three mm. years, but you know, just somebody that you can kind of at least bounce off, mm. uh, maybe trade notes when it comes to education. Yeah. So you know, there's this there's this thing that bugs me, right? You know, on one hand, that I completely agree with everything that you say that that education is important, classroom is very important and I've come from a similar background from yours where I was a very studious mm. and when I went and got my degree, I realised like, eh, like mm. you know, I, you can actually really grow mm. as a person from mm. there. Mm. But having said that, mm. in my career mm. and my progression, mm. a bulk of it has happened almost in a non-formal way mm. and I've learned so much mm. through because of technology as well, mm. you know, there was just no way I could have picked any of that up though, you know, so I don't know. Is this like um yeah? Is it uh is it like uh is it uh, in this struggle that I'm trying to reconcile these two school of thoughts? Because on one hand, you know, like I just said I completely will encourage anyone to go out and get their degree if they if they can yeah. afford it and if it's within reach, it's accessible to them. But on the other hand, you have the famous the Steve Jobs of the world, the Zuckerbergs right. that's constantly quoted as like they drop out. Forgetting that these guys drop out from places like Harvard and you know um, all the top universities, right? But yeah, but there's so many people I've also met yeah. who have actually sometimes surpassed people with um, a college education. So what are your thoughts on that, though? You know, in terms of formal versus you know informal kind yeah. of educating oneself, and of course with the existence of technology as well right now. Yeah. Um. What so. My professor, uh, Professor Abdul Rahman Embong, uh, which I'm currently. Um, which is a mentor right now. Yeah. He mentioned that there's actually um, a holistic relationship to a holistic type of knowledge, right? And he said we've got a professional knowledge, and this is the pro the knowledge that that we get from schools, from university. There is a certain kind of um, regulation today. So you've got an accreditation, you've got your rubric, you've got your gradings, you've got your Bloom's taxonomy. Um, you know, these are basically the administrative bits of knowledge that I do as a lecturer or most of people that I have to do in the system will have to adhere to. And then you've got the critical knowledge and this critical knowledge are what we call knowledge innovation. So changes to knowledge, new knowledge can only happen. We're not, we're not being critical for the sake of being, of being, of criticizing. We're critical of knowledge so that new knowledge can be added on that are, um, you know, relevant to times, relevant to situation, relevant to people and culture and etc. Right. And then you've got knowledge that is um, uh, for for the government, which is the poli policy for, for policy. knowledge. Yeah. And then you've got the knowledge for the people. 
right? Okay. And the knowledge for the people, um, you know, who you're talking to, depending on where you're at, what kind of knowledge you want to, them to know, the way you send that knowledge, the way you break that knowledge apart, is very different, right? Um, you are absolutely right. There is a certain kind of uh, regulation that we have to adhere to when we talk about a formal education um, that we receive, and that's what I I'm doing now. With again, as I mentioned, with my administrative job, but because I truly believe that education is meaningful, it's not just important; it's meaningful and it's entertaining. Um, I try my best to kind of. So for you, there is that conflict of you trying to embed these two together, right? Because of my passion to truly believe that education is is holistic and it's so meaningful, I have found a way to kind of put these two gap together, you know, to to kind of embed these two together. Um, And I would say, yes, if you have the means to go to education. (laughs) (laughs) The secret to that, I think it's just a matter of really... The reason why we have that formal education system is that there needs to have a certain kind of structure into the knowledge that we give to students. Mm-hmm. If, for example, everybody is like, okay, gung-ho, let's do whatever we want, you know, and whatnot, um, the kind of quality that we will be given to, to, to people will not be structured. In that case, okay. uh, it's, we need some kind of structure. Right. No matter if we say that you know, oh, it has to be liberating, it has to be you know, YOLO, it has to go with the flow. Um, without structure, without some kind of foundation, without some kind of principle, um, you know, you would not be able to grasp what you want to do. To be honest, mm. yeah. Um, so for me in my class, I would try to break it into two. I would have to have that material i would have to have that concept i would have to have the lecture but at the same time um i would i will tell them that there are times we will do activity that will not help you in your tests that will not help you to get an a for this class okay but these are learnings that eventually you will bring out or maybe remember when you go out that into the community right? exactly so what i teach okay. is theoretical subjects so what i teach is advertisement or copywriting yeah, or whatever sure. right or even management everyone can make videos now everybody yeah. can yeah. write now sure. everybody sure. can be um, an influencer and speak public speaking is not a big deal that's where we're, yeah. that's 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 just the what the present is now mm-hmm. but um again if there's no one you know checking you to say that the things that you're saying is insensitive to a certain community or certain culture, um, then that become, you know, you know, these things are not there in the regulated or the formal education. Sure. Um, uh, but it, it needs to be there in, right. in the so, I mean, okay, so there's one, there's two school of thoughts on that, right? Because on one hand, too much regulation could also yeah. be stifling yeah. towards them because the whole point of education exactly. is to liberate and free mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. there is that space, right? But I think you know the why I really like the word that you use is structure, mm. whether it's formal or yes. informal. Yes. What's key is that you need a structure, structure to to kind of get um going and happening, right? It's uh, it's funny that that I'm asking this question because um now, uh, like actually one of my favorite literary characters, I'm not sure if you're familiar, is actually a Japanese samurai mm-hmm. called uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Okay. Uh, so he is actually known as a ronin. Mm. Uh, in the Western literature, ronin, you know, this this lone um, samurai without yeah. a sensei master yeah. is kind of what's the word? They always romanticized. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Japanese culture, actually, a ronin is not something you want to be. It's mm, considered mm. quite taboo, mm. isolated, excluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, even when you look at his life, he actually 
had sometimes way more structure than some other samurais who were living under uh, under masters or whatever because their lives were good. Mm, <laughs> so mm. he had to make sure that he was constantly mm. training, he was constantly working on his craft and on his swordsmanship and even at one point he said there was a part of his journey that he had to learn exactly what you just the way you taught your students where he had to learn something that wouldn't benefit his swordsmanship yeah. he had to learn farming yeah. you know, he had to learn painting yeah. because all this will you know, tea exactly. of all things right like, yeah. a, like a swordsman yeah. becoming a tea master yeah. sounds yeah. like too yeah. Yeah. yeah but then I feel like you know like um, he is one good example for me at least for as someone yeah. who is um, yeah. uh, going through that, that process of self-education and educating themselves of the world I think the best way for us, right, to not think about it is that we are so trained to think about things in a binary, um, in a binary perception. So we're always like, you know, formal, informal, um, beneficial, not beneficial, structure, non-structure. Instead, I think what we need to do is to shift our perspective into looking at it, as I mentioned just now, holistically. Holistic. So okay. let's not try to think about, you know, coming into something of like, you know, um, two halves of something. But yeah, so coming into it as part of like, you know, so I am a very multifaceted, I'm very dynamic, I'm, I am, you know, complex person. Why would I think that I can only divide myself into two of structured and non-structured, right? So I think that's also the way that we can think about. Have, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have what's the word? You said um, a time and place for everything. Exactly. Like, there's yeah. a time and place where exactly. you need to you yes. self learn exactly. and use technology yes. to the best of your ability. Because all said and done, you know that one of the things I find really fascinating today is that you know you said you study literature, and not that you know I would kid myself to understand to think that I could um, understand it as well if I if I were in the mm. classroom setting. Mm-hmm. But right now you have videos of like Oxford literary graduate talking about oh this is how you can get an education. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you read these books yeah. and um, this is what you do. Yeah. These are the steps, yeah. uh, and you can actually enjoy it as opposed to he would claim that he didn't enjoy his time yeah. in study because yeah, and you would do it out of the love of educating yourself rather than like okay I just want to get a degree mm, mm. so yeah mm. okay 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 okay. so okay what would you think be some of the things that that personally you've enjoyed during um, this current shift you know that I know there's a lot of struggles during yeah. the shift of uh, the pandemic and just kind of us trying to come up with uh, <laughs> not, not a hybrid system but as yeah. you say just, just knowing time and place for things but yeah um, personally uh, it has taught me a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, one thing as well that I also realized, you cannot stay the same. So even if you've been teaching or you've been in the education system for 20 years or 30 years and you feel like, you know, oh, I've reached to a certain level um, where knowledge is the highest that I could have, uh, that I could have gotten or received um, and this is the only right way to do things like, um, as time changes and technology changes society changes uh, you cannot stay the same uh-huh. so okay. so I think that patience of you know trying to come into things to say that you know okay so I've done this for for four years um, but my students after four years will come in to me very different than right. what I used to teach right. and the way I I used to teach will not work for them any longer. So patience of trying to say that, you know, look, look, uh, the patience of trying to see that, look, I've got to, um, um, to, to learn more or I've okay. got to adjust okay. 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 
um, and you know and also the patients to see that you know the, the people that coming to us right especially now during after the pandemic we call them some people call it pandemic babies can we call yeah. it pandemic babies too right. so students that come to us after the pandemic of two years and a half of them you know finishing whatever high school that they have in a in a room when they come up to us um, there is a certain style, there is a certain personality or characteristics with them. Because um, they came from a whole different exactly, environment. Very di- yes, they were yes. influenced by very different things. Yes, okay. and you know, I mean, also you have, we have to think about like, you know, their psyche is different as well because, you know, there's just two years and a half of them being completely cut off um, from things. Normally we think about moving high school into university or college or whatever, there is a shift. Like, you know, oh, I'm a college student now. Yeah. So there's all this kind of liveliness that we get and etc. Uh, but then they didn't have that that shift, right? They they were always in 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 a room. So when they come out, um, we notice it. We become extremely sensitive and patient to kind of see that sometimes the way they communicate with us is not because they are, um, you know, they are unintention, they are intentionally rude. It's not because they are aloof or anything like that. It's just that they didn't know any other way. Right. So, yeah. So patience for me to adjust mind learning or teaching to them and patience to also receive them as they are um, oh that is so hard that yeah. is so hard yeah so as an educator you would say that you're constantly just um, yeah. forever kind of having to learn always, kind of just, always. You know, you're not just teaching but you're also yeah. always on the receiving end especially from your students right yeah, always because sometimes you learn so much more from someone who's younger than you really um, really do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because I, I'm I didn't quite understand this before. A friend of mm. mine said to me, and he's one of the dudes who's he's a lot older than me, and I really respect and admire him. But he keep telling me that he's been hanging out with a lot of young people these days, mm. and I'm thinking like, what? How do you learn from like young people, right? Because when we were younger, we were always told to yeah. hang out with older people. Yeah. Um, and then once I kind of started hanging out with him and his crew a bit more, and I realized that actually no, I'm learning from these young yeah. guys way, way more than anything I have to offer to them. You know, then I completely understand where he's coming from now yeah. because sometimes the older guys. We're stuck in our ways, mm. you know. We're not sure exactly. um, how exactly. to adapt, how to just yeah, exactly, change. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, fresh eyes. So, uh, in even for me, like I had, I have TikTok. Right, uh, right, yeah, and right. I mean, yeah. I I, ha- I have to have TikTok because right, I need right. it to be able to know to communicate with to, yeah, yeah well, it's not just to understand the land exactly exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I need to know what sphere they're in. I need to know the language that they're using. I need to know wow. the inside jokes for oh, me wow. to be able yeah, to yeah, connect yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I could have just let it be, but you know, coming to class do my slides and then say okay bye everybody you know but then that will go against the principles of what i want for with knowledge all right okay i love everything that you just shared so far but right now we're um, coming um, close to just wrapping everything up so right before we wrap stuff up i just want to ask your recommendation (laughs) in terms of um, both as your literary and (laughs) communication side of you right in terms of if you were to have either a movie or a book to kind of emphasize the importance of um, of what's the word of education and I wouldn't say a cautionary tale of technology but maybe I don't know if you can think of something that that more be mindful of technology and advancement. You know, yeah, that's the word I'm gonna I'm gonna go for. Yeah, because you know, Rika, we are a tech and R and D company. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. The technology part, right? Okay. Um. 
my husband has really he loves Black Mirror. Is that oh, what you guys said? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, Black Mirror. Yeah. yeah. That that's a good show. I shut down on that completely. It's dark, yeah. yeah, it's super dark. I, the whole idea. I mean, if you want to see how technology will eventually take over our life in the future, Black Mirror is maybe a more maybe exaggerated version of it, right? Uh, but there's so much to entangled in in each and every episode. So if you want to talk about technology, I would say that you know that That's might be show. something That's that you show. might want to refer okay. to. Um, but for me, I guess I'm a bit of an idealist. Um, I am 100% into popular culture, low culture, high culture, mid culture, whatever it is. And there's always something within that that I think um, can be used uh, to learn. Mm. But I would recommend to read, not watch. The watching is good. Yep. Uh, the the movie adaptation is great, but read um, Andrea Hirata Laska Pelangi, Rainbow of Troops by Andrea Hirata. Okay. Okay. And an Indonesian okay. writer. Um, Indonesian writer, nice. He just set up this whole idea of what we mentioned just now. Education is more meaningful and holistic than right. just what it is in the classroom. Um, and I think so. Something that I think everyone needs to needs to check out. Okay. Okay. We'll uh, check that out. All right, guys. I think um, that's all the time we have for this episode. Uh, for anyone who wants to get in touch with Ida, she's um, you're pretty much active on TikTok, as you've mentioned. <laughs> no, uh, not TikTok. Okay, Instagram. Okay. Instagram. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 What's uh, your link? With, uh, so Ida I D A underscore J J. Underscore J J. Okay. You can find her there on LinkedIn. You're there. We're yeah. Gonna put all Shaira the Johan. Links, yeah. yeah. We're gonna put all the links down in the description uh, below. So I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Ida, for your time so thank much. Thank you so um, much. All right, till the next episode, guys. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Reka Narratives. For more updates, follow us on our social media at Reka Studios or visit our website at reka.re. See you guys on the next episode.